1: What is good, everybody? Welcome to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show—the show where we love to talk about the NFL. This show is presented to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can listen to this show wherever you get your podcast. That would be very cool would be even cooler if you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show, left a rating, wrote a review. We have several shows that come out throughout the course of a given week throughout the NFL season. If you would like to watch this show, you can do so on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. You will see the bright, shining, beautiful faces of myself. I'm Cho from Blogging the Boys. Himself, he is Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. And his self, he has Lee gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, happy Friday, November 3rd. Um, what did you have for breakfast?
2: <clears throat> Nothing
1: excellent um was that an applause it sounded like an applause
2: no I'm, I'm dog sitting for my good friend paul over here so he's walking around you might hear him at some points
1: paul the victor Wimbanyama of dogs uh as he some really is people, um i like to say uh steven have you ever seen a picture of this dog
3: no i have not but now has- I, i'm imagining it's like a great day and like a massive dog or something
1: I don't know his exact breed. I believe he's a greyhound. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. No, no. I, I, I want to say sorry. like, wasn't he a former race dog, Brandon? He I, was. I, yes,
2: He's right. retired. He has been rescued, and he is a very good boy. You can follow him on Instagram at RiskItAllPaul.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Stephen, I think you will be properly impressed uh, with Paul whenever you do get a chance uh, to check him out. Stephen, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, since that led us to um, an interesting discussion.
3: Uh, I've been very busy this morning, so I had coffee. I've not eaten anything. Okay. Cream, sugar. What's the deal? Uh, it did cream. I think it was sugar-free hazelnut. Mm. You think? Like, you're not certain? Like, it sounds like it was poor I, coffee if you don't I, know. When I go to the grocery store, I just buy whatever the sugar-free one is. So sometimes the flavors vary, but it, it changes up constantly. I don't really look at it. I just, I, I don't like straight black coffee, so I just need something in there.
1: Okay, that's well said. Uh, it is the final single-digit week of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, week 9 is upon us. We have one game in the books that we are going to uh, reassess, or assess, I guess, would be the better term. After that, we will do our Pick 3 segment, which is also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We are still on the hunt, gentlemen, for our first mm. successful same-game parlay. Uh, this, week, uh, oh, th- th- this week is the one. Uh, and then we will, of course, preview all of the games to come throughout the course of Week 9. Stephen, is your seatbelt buckled? It's buckle. It's Brandon, away. um do you are, are you ready to hinder flash photography because it's not permitted on this, right?
3: Yes. Do you know I saw, I saw uh, the dog he sent me the, the link.
1: Right. Um on the subject of hinder, uh do you have a favorite hinder song, Brandon? I mean,
2: the only one is Kiss What's it? Kiss It's a lips uh, of an angel. Lips of an angel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: They have a song that's called Bliss that, um, ready for this throwback, was my MySpace page song. Wow. Like back, back when we all had to learn code and you had to learn like how to put the like HTML code. The HTML, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good times. All right. The uh, Tennessee Titans fell, Stephen, uh, not at Heinz Field at whatever it's called. 16 to 20, the final score. Will Levis could not get it done in his second career start. His first time wearing actual Titans uniforms, though. Uh, Kenny Pickett did technically execute a game-winning drive, which is what Steelers fans are holding on to. Uh, Steelers fans, Steven are the new fan base that is having the like argument amongst themselves about whether or not their franchise <laughs> quarterback is actually
3: good or not. Uh, well, I think anybody who watches him should know that he's not very good. Um, he just he he's a wildly inaccurate, inconsistent passer, and. For the most part, they can't do anything offensively usually. And I think what was interesting about last night is the Steelers were actually effective running the ball, which is why their offense looked a little bit more competent. And the Titans run defense is actually pretty good. So that that was a wrinkle in the game plan that worked out. But overall, like Kenny Pickett wasn't particularly good. I'm still annoyed with George Pickens for not dragging his foot. I feel like he's done that before. I, I don't know. What they got to do to get him to do that but that would have been an easy touchdown if you just dragged the toe george like that's all you got to do it would have been an easy score other than that though the, the steelers are I, I think they're they're frauds similarly to the vikings last year but they're frauds because their defense keeps them in games not because their offense is ever going to win them much
1: yeah brandon this feels like um mike tomlin's masterpiece in the grossest possible way um and it feels like people people are like ready to to jump at mike tomlin or or like they're chomping at the bit to jump at him but like they're winning games they're five and three they're probably going to be a playoff team i think at this point they're you know i think they're kind of the favorite for that third wild card spot um outside of whoever doesn't win the afc north or afc east and so uh, i mean obviously between the bengals and the ravens in the north um but they're gross Like, (laughs) like they're so gross and they make all these dumb decisions well as an example Najee harris might be the worst, like, quote unquote, starting running back in the NFL. Like, I have no mm-hmm. idea why they're not utilizing Jalen Warren more on Thursday night. Jalen Warren 11 carries for 88 yards, Najee Harris 16 for 69, which is nice, uh, but it's not nice, obviously.
2: <clears throat> How is this team five and three? I mean, <laughs> they ranked 20th in DVOA. That's obviously before the updated, you know, uh, rankings, including last night's game, but still entering week nine, 20th in DVOA. They there are 8 teams worse than them only 8 in point differential this season like <laughs> they're the and the only teams that are below them are the bears the broncos the commanders the raiders the cardinals the panthers the patriots and the giants like that's that's the company they keep right ahead of them the colts the falcons the packers like this team is just not good they find ways to win despite that because of it's the steelers they have mike tomlin dj watt is incredible um i don't know if there's like he has to be one of the most valuable defenders in the NFL in terms of like relative to, you know, we we talked about before, especially in Eagles land over here, like the Eagles splits with and without Lane Johnson because they're so stark. I mean, it's the same kind of thing with T.J. Watt. Like he makes that much of an impact, which is kind of crazy um for just one defensive player. But yeah, uh, I'm willing to take the L. I thought Kenny Pickett was going to have a big season. Nope. Uh, I would still like to see Kenny Pickett minus Matt Canada. To be clear, though, I don't think that's making world's difference. I would like to see it before I'm like 100% out, but I'm like, you know, 98, 99% out on him.
3: Can we can Mm. we talk about the there's a very strong possibility that the Steelers putting Matt Canada on the sideline instead of the booth that there's a strong chance they think that mattered and that like made a significant difference last night? This is
2: apparently going on in 49ers land with uh, Steve Wilkes. Like there's like a, uh, based on what I see from our good friend stats, there's like a big conversation. Like who cares? Like, why does this matter with any, like this is such like a weird thing to glom onto and act like it makes this world's difference. Like it's just rearranging the deck chairs and the Titanic. It's, it doesn't matter.
1: It's a, it's a prelude to taking over a play calling, like, like the head coach taking over, you know what I mean? Like there, there are these like, you know, like there's the stages of grief or the stages of acceptance or whatever. Like there's the stages of like an NFL coaching staff falling apart. And like one of like stage one is like the like coordinator on the side of the ball that's struggling moving to or from the sidelines from the other post. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, I, I know some people argue like you obviously get a, a different view point from the booth, but, um, and some people argue like, Oh, you get to like motivate the players from the sidelines, but it's, um, it's silly. It's dumb. Um, do we have any passionate takes on the Titans? Um, they're three and five now. Um, they did not trade Derrick Henry. They did not trade DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like you have to be, they did trade Kevin Byard, obviously. I feel like you have to be just kind of feeling like you're walking through no man's land a little bit, Steven. Like it's kind of a pointless year at this point, if you're a Titans fan.
3: Definitely. And I, I feel like the Titans are the kind of team and Mike Vrabel's the kind of severing coach that like when Ryan Tannehill's healthy, they're just going to go back to Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> even though, I know Will Levis didn't throw any touchdowns last night after having four in his debut, but I thought he still looked good. Like, through two games, he he's shown enough pop as a passer that I'm like, okay, yeah, you got something there. Let's continue to develop him and give him opportunities. But I feel like Mike Rabel, you know, coming from that Patriots uh, team and, like, that Belichick mindset is like, no, we're we're trying to win games. We're still a playoff team, and we're gonna put Ryan Tannehill out there because I think Tannehill gives us the best chance to win. When it's obviously Will Levis, like I came away from last night's game still being really impressed with Will Levis. Like I, th- I thought he looked re- really good. The Titans just aren't a particularly good team, and that's why he didn't wind up having four touchdown passes again.
2: Yeah, I think Levis is better than people would have expected, right? And certainly, I mean, you got him at pick thirty three. Like that's good value. To get a guy like that there, who has shown potential, I don't know that it means he's going to be great, but I think he's shown enough that he should continue to keep playing. Because, I mean, even if you do want to win now, I think he is better than potentially than what Ryan Tannehill is at least at this point in his career and this stage in the season. And there is the long term benefit of seeing maybe this can be the guy. It's a weird like time for the franchise because you know, like you said, they traded away Kevin Byard. They're kind of admitting that this is a long term thing here but April doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me you know what I mean like and and at some point Derrick Henry is not going to be around anymore so like where's the pivot like where's the pivot to the next generation of the Titans because you know the 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 Derrick Henry era AJ Brown being there for a time Tannehill all that like that's coming to an end here and they're going to have to pivot to a new era and what does that new era look like maybe Will Levis is part of that like is DeAndre Hopkins really going to be a part of that moving forward um, so that's kind of what's interesting to me, spinning it to
1: the future. Mm, another Thursday night football game in the books. Um, have either of you felt captivated by a Thursday night football game yet this season? No. Okay. No. Uh, I doubt that that's the Eagles anything.
2: Vikings one was good, but
1: whatever. The, this, I mean, DJ e- Moore's blow up game was fun. That's a good call, uh, actually, right there. Like that was, I think, the most potty go that like our Twitter timelines were like everybody was just kind of having fun. Granted, it wasn't like a close game, but pick me one, two, three,
3: pick
1: one, on three, pick
3: three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um,
1: okay, well, that's Thursday Night Football. It is now time for our Pick 3 segment here on TJ Football, which is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, uh, we haven't counted this, um, but I think we're like 0 for like 25 at this point uh, when it comes to lining up same game parlays um so this is the one uh like no nobody shuts us out 26 times in a row is basically the rallying (laughs) cry in our locker room right now uh this week we are focusing on the dallas cowboys visiting the philadelphia eagles on sunday afternoon um this is one of three games happening in the afternoon slate and brandon you sent me the coverage map basically it is nationally televised game uh across the country um this week brandon you were the only person who hit on our same game parlay last week uh, so you have the honors here. Cowboys and Eagles, what are you taking and why?
2: Yeah, one of the most concerning things to me in this matchup from the Eagles perspective is defending CeeDee Lamb because Eagles don't really have a true slot cornerback right now. They lost Devontae Maddox for the season in week two. Uh, after that, they moved James Bradbury to the slot. That really didn't go so well for them that they wanted to continue doing it because so they pulled him back out. Uh, They signed Bradley Roby to be the slot cornerback. He got hurt. He's going to miss his third straight game this weekend, it looks like. So they're kind of mixing Sidney Brown in there, who's a rookie safety. They have Eli Ricks, who's an undrafted rookie free agent, uh, taking some snaps in there, even though he didn't really do that so much in training camp in the offseason. It's possible maybe they'll have Darius Slay follow CeeDee Lamb to an extent. Maybe they put Bradbury back on the inside. But the fact that like, there's so many questions about that, and I don't know for sure. Makes me feel like uh, not the most confidence-inspiring thing. And we just saw the Eagles defense have issues specifically covering uh, uh, receivers in the slot against the commanders last week. So I will take the over on C.D. Lamb. And also, I mean, let's just be real. Like, no one else in that Cowboys uh, receiving corps is really, like, doing a whole lot right now. So I'll take the over
1: on 73 and a half yards uh depending on your interpretation of your last sentence um you could either believe in or poo poo on steven's leg of the same game parlay <laughs> steven what are you taking and why and did you interpret it as a positive or
3: negative thing um i think it's a, it, i don't think it was a negative thing um but <laughs> I, I took uh cowboys tight end, jake ferguson over 33 and a half receiving yards and One, I know Ferguson's coming off of a bad game, but he's still running a ton of routes. Like he's still getting opportunities and he's still on the field a ton for the Cowboys and the Eagles really why I selected this is because the Eagles traditionally have been a positive matchup for tight ends. Um, Like they just don't match up very well against tight ends. So we've seen some tight ends have some big performances against the Eagles this season. So I feel like 33 and a half is kind of a low number for a guy like Jake Ferguson, because we know that he's guaranteed to run a ton of routes and, Hopefully get some looks from Dak Prescott. So I feel like he could have a lot of opportunity in this game. So I like Jake Ferguson a lot.
1: If you did not know, Stephen, um, so the last incompletion, this is from a good friend of Blogging the Voices, is Bobby Belp from 105.3 The Fan. The last incompletion the Dak threw towards Jake Ferguson came in the final quarter of the loss in Arizona. Uh, Since then, Dak is 15 of 15 for 167 yards and a touchdown when targeting Ferguson specifically. It's only 15 targets. But to your point, um, he'll be involved. He'll be a part of the passing game. Um, And to your point, Brandon, if CDLM is absorbing all of the wide receiver attention, um, that does leave some room for somebody else to find some success. Um, Okay, so um, I don't know that all of ours kind of work together the way they have in the past. Uh, Brandon, you were the first person to uh blaze a trail for the race to 10 or race to 20 point prop mm. around here. I'm taking that path. I'm taking the race to 10 points. Uh taking the Cowboys there at plus mm. 120. Um, I don't want to spoil my pick for this game or anything like that, but I believe in the Cowboys in this game and they've won the race to 10. 10- in the games that they've won. Obviously they're five and two. So they're five and two in, in terms of winning the race to 10. Uh, plus the Eagles have had some slow starts as of late. I mean, even if the Cowboys do win the race to 10, I don't know that they necessarily win the game, uh, but the Eagles fell down 14 to three last week against the commander. So I do think I thought about going race to 20, uh, but let's be real. We got to set our bars a little bit lower here just so we can at least hurdle and clear one race to 10 Dallas Cowboys at plus plus one twenty. Um, So that gives us an overall line, Steven of what I know you had that available.
3: Uh, I think it was oh. plus six seventy five, which
2: Brandon means <laughs> yes. what? If you bet ten dollars, you would win sixty. You would profit sixty seven dollars and fifty cents.
1: What would you do with that extra fifty cents?
2: I mean, you could—I don't know—get a couple pieces of the gum. You know, from the, like those big gumball machines. Use those quarters in there. Boom.
1: When is the last time, Stephen, you put a quarter in and turned a, a machine? Uh, it has to be twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. I uh, I did do one of the um, like stuffed animal crane games last week at the grocery store with my son. I lost, so um, wow. it was embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing, especially to do it in front of yeah, especially to do it in front of him. And then it was really embarrassing because there was another dad behind me who was like waiting to do it with his kid. And so I really you wanted to it. kind of like win it. And so like when I didn't get, it, I was like, "It's okay, buddy." And then like moved very quickly with the shopping cart. So uh, thanks, guys, for making me relive that. Uh, that is our pick three segment once again, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs>
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: All right, gentlemen, the time has come uh, to preview all of the rest of week nine. Uh, A couple of rules. Uh, Number one, we each, really the only rule, uh, we each have a zap, uh, which means if you do not want to hear what somebody has to say, you can zap them, which sounds Stephen-like. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, the only rules within that uh, games uh, involving the teams that we cover, the Chiefs, Eagles, and Cowboys, cannot be zapped uh, in terms of the person who covers them specifically for SB Nation. Um, everybody only has one zap. Also, we all have a lock of the week um, where Stephen and Brandon are both having very successful seasons. You are both seven and one. I did get back up to five hundred last week, so watch out. <laughs> I'm four. And five.
2: I am seven, or I'm six, one and one. I, I uh, pushed last week
1: so you're not even in the lead. Wow. Um, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, oh, congratulations, Steven. Uh, you um, you're in the outright lead. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's start with the team that you cover. Stephen. the Miami dolphins visiting the Kansas city chiefs in Germany. I told you last week, the way to say, um, I love you is "Ich liebe" in German. Did you practice it? And also what are your thoughts on this game? Uh,
3: I did not practice it at all. Um, Mm. I forgot that you even did that. So it has not crossed my mind once (laughs) the entire week, Uh, but this is actually my lock of the week. Uh, I took the Mm. chiefs to win this game minus two. And I I just think that for, I think any team, no team really matches up well with the dolphins, but I think in the dolphins losses this season, we've seen the teams that give them problems are the teams that can pressure to a tongue of Iloa and get after him because He's not the most athletic quarterback. He doesn't have the biggest arm. So when you put pressure on him, it's hard for him to get outside the pocket and create these big plays. Like he he wants to be, he wants to get rid of the ball quickly. He wants to be efficient. He wants to time everything up. Like that's his game. And that's what he's really good at. That's what the Dolphins are really good at. So if you can create pressure on Tua, you can really give him a lot of issues. That's what the Bills did. That's what the Eagles did. I think the chiefs are going to be able to do that. Now it it helps that the chiefs are coming off just an atrocious performance against the Denver Broncos where they only put up nine points. But I also think a factor that plays into this game that maybe isn't being talked about enough this week is that like Patrick Mahomes, I think really has something to prove here. And I also think that he takes a lot of the things that Tyreek Hill has said personally, and he won't ever say that publicly, but Tyreek Hill has, has gone out of his way to, kind of bash the Chiefs as an organization since he went to the Dolphins and obviously Tyreek's a really special player like he might legitimately get 2,000 receiving yards this season that's how special he's been this year but I think Mahomes takes that stuff really personally I think Kelsey takes that stuff personally and they they play it off like it's all tongue-in-cheek from Tyreek like oh no that's just Tyreek like we love Tyreek it's all love over here but I think behind closed doors they really take that stuff personally Andy Reid's gonna bring his a game I just I feel like the Chiefs match up better with the Dolphins than most teams, and Miami still has to prove it against a really good team. And even coming off of a loss, the Chiefs are still a really, really good team. So I, I like the Chiefs here. I think they match up well, and I think they can get a W in Germany.
2: I considered locking this one up, too. I think people are uh, overreacting if they think the Chiefs are just about to spiral out of control. Patrick Mahomes has lost back-to-back games three times in his six seasons and he hasn't done it since early in the 2021 season it's just something that doesn't really happen and let's be honest the Dolphins have not really shown that they can beat the the big the NFL's you know elites yet they hang in with the big boys they haven't really fully done that yet I'm not saying the Dolphins are frauds but I just think I'm not willing to give them the full benefit of the doubt there whereas I think that this is a prime bounce back opportunity for the Chiefs And I think they'll win. And only asking them to cover plus two is really not that big of a deal. So I like that.
1: I think this is a, who are you more willing to give the benefit of the doubt to game? Um, And the answer for a hundred out of a hundred people, it should be the chiefs. Like the dolphins, I think haven't even earned any benefit of the doubt. Like they're a good team, but they've lost all of the, you know, Kind of measuring stick opportunities that they've had in Buffalo, and every and Brandon, you'd love to bring the sub. Everybody's like, "How is the line? The, you know what it, what it is?" Blah blah. Well, you know they kind of proved why it was what it was, and they really kind of shrunk uh, in the challenge against the Eagles, um, and everybody kind of saw that. And so this is another one, and I do wonder. If there's, uh, you're talking about like something to prove. I think that's a really uh, interesting subplot to this game, Stephen. Like the Dolphins have the biggest thing to prove. Like prove to us you're real. Like if you can win all these games, but if you lose to the contenders, like nobody's gonna believe in you in the playoffs. Like if there's a Vikings team from last year lurking, maybe it is the Dolphins. Like you're losing all the Mm -hmm. measuring stick opportunities. And I mean it's not the same thing, but I mean you know similar kind of thing in terms of beating up on the bad teams. That's all I'm saying. Uh, So um, yeah, I mean whatever. I'm picking the Chiefs. Uh, Clean sleep around here. Anybody have anything else to say? Does anybody like Germany? Have any German thoughts? Guten Tag. Steven, you were going to say something before the Germany opportunity.
3: Uh, I mean, I, I was just going to say on, on this game, like it, it's worth questioning what the Dolphins can do like later in the year once we get in the cold weather and, and things like that, too. Like, I think Miami is a really talented team, but they, they got to prove something first. So mm, I don't okay. else on Germany. The... um. The Seattle Seahawks
1: are visiting the Baltimore Ravens this week. One of the few games that seemingly doesn't involve any backup mm. quarterback play along with Dolphins Chiefs. Brandon, the Ravens are laying six points at home to a very talented Seahawks team. Everybody's talking about a handful of games this week. Nobody's really talking about Seahawks Ravens.
2: Yeah, that's surprising to me. I didn't know the line got, I think it was, I don't think it was this big the whole time. It seems like it's trending, I guess, in the Ravens' favor, which might be. A bit of a tell that I should pick them, but I don't know, man. I think the Seahawks can make this a game. I don't know that they'll definitely win, but I think they'll keep it competitive as RJ goes off screen. Um, I, I think the Ravens are, you know, they're obviously on a, a good stretch right now, but they're not like win over the Lions was great, it was dominant. Cardinals game was a little not so much that way, and I mean, I know they Cardinals kind of made it close there at the end with that field goal, then going for the onside kick, um, so they you know easily could have lost by ten, but um i like the seahawks here i I like what the seahawks have done this season uh they've had some big tests on the road um and
3: i think they can cover this i think this is an interesting game where it's like it's two teams that i believe are good football teams but they still have things to prove to me before i'm like okay like i buy into what those teams are doing and like the seahawks going out and get getting leonard williams and their defense has already been really good this year so like that's a big addition i think they needed somebody along the interior that line to cause some issues and to be consistent more consistent there and the ravens offensively like i I feel like every time outside of that game against the lions like i feel like with the ravens every week i'm like i expect them to like explode offensively and every week they kind of like leave meat on the bone and like are are still kind of i don't know if they're still trying to totally figure out the offensive system with Todd Munkin. Like obviously Lamar Jackson's playing really well this season and the Ravens defense is elite. So actually I think this is a really good game, uh, but I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about both of these teams in general. I, I think I'm going to take the Ravens here just because I'm, I'm really buying into their defense right now, but I could see this game going either way. And I'm probably just going to avoid it as far as like gambling goes.
1: Um, I am going to take the Ravens as well. Uh, but I do think there's a low key level of pressure on the Seahawks. Uh, Steven, Brandon and I both kind of trashed the Leonard Williams trade on the NFC's mixtape this week. Um, second, but left. of all. Yeah. Well, that's my point. Like what I was about to say, like they gave up the most of any team. So and like if anyone, yeah. Like if anyone is saying like, we believe we're this close, it's the Seahawks, right? Like none of the other trades, like we can debate the significance of them. Like the chase young trade or the buyer trade, whatever, like no, nobody else gave up a second round draft pick. So like, you, you really have to prove then that, like, you're that close, Seattle. And so I would love to see them come out and win, obviously. Um, and six points, I, I don't even really feel like it's disrespectful to them, um, especially mm. on the road. So I'll take the Ravens, but I would love for the Seahawks to take an opportunity um, to um, to do this. So we'll see. Um, now we've gotten to the bad guys
0: Fun fact about the icebox. Oh, right. Winter is coming.
1: Burr! I'm in the icebox. Never gets old. He really doesn't. So Brandon, at least you're wearing a jacket. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. Let's move on. Uh, I said we were getting to the bad games. Uh, Brandon, the Bears are in New Orleans this week. Oh. The Saints are eight and a half point favorites. This is Whoa. gross a lot I, of don't, I don't care. Who cares? Yeah. Um
3: Saints. Steven? Yeah. Um Ah, oh, man, I would love to pick the Bears in this game, but I can't with Bajant. Um, it, it's just a bummer that Justin Fields is hurt right now because uh, it felt like he was kind of trending in the right direction and the Bears are figuring out some things uh, along the defensive side of the ball. And Derek Carr is just awful. I'm so sick of watching Derek Carr be terrible and not connect uh, with open wide receivers But at the end of the day, with Bajan under center, that that Bears offense just can't really accomplish anything. So I'll pick the Saints here, but it's an ugly, ugly football game.
1: I would not be willing to give the Saints, I mean, what what is conceivably nine points, right, to cover um, against anyone, except for maybe the Bears. Um, I tweeted last Sunday night before the Bears-Chargers game, I was like, I'm really rooting for the Bears just because it would be hilarious, right? Like if the Bears had beaten the Chargers, it would have given us a lot of content. But, man, they are so bad. Like, they – it's offensive, like, how bad they are. And now there's the, like, Montez Sweat, like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to, like – I'm not trying to, like, overreact to, you know, player quotes and things like this. It's in his best interest to say those things. I recognize that. But, I mean, also, like, they gave up a second-round pick. I mean, we talked about Seattle doing it. It's like, you're supposed to be a contender. Well, you're not, Chicago. And if this dude doesn't re-sign there, that would be hilarious in its own way. Um. So – I don't know. I feel really gross, but I guess I'll take the Saints. This sucks. Um, This is a lot of bad games this week. Uh, This is kind of a bummer. Um, Steven, up next, the Arizona Cardinals are visiting the Cleveland Browns, who are also eight-point favorites. Um, Your thoughts?
3: Uh, I'm going to take the Browns here, simply because of their defense and... The Cardinals, Kyler Murray's not going to play this week, but who is it? Clayton Toon, I think, is going to start for them because they just traded away Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. Uh, so there's just no way the Cardinals are going to win this game against the Browns defense. It's a, it's as simple as that. I don't even care what the Browns do offensively or who the quarterback is. Their defense is just going to – the Browns defense is absolutely going to wreck the Cardinals. The Cardinals had that plucky
2: little start to begin the year. They actually beat the Dallas Cowboys, the only team, to <laughs> – uh lose to the Cardinals this year but outside of that yeah they just really have not inspired excuse me a ton of confidence lately so this is pretty easily Browns minus eight here
1: yeah I don't know how you could pick the Cardinals it would be really funny if the Cardinals only won that one game um across the rest of the season and especially if the Cowboys did like do something somewhat special, right? Like just for that to kind of be like hanging over them that like their one loss was to the like number one pick Cardinals, the Caleb Williams Cardinals, whatever. Um Yeah. The Browns defense rules. Um, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. I hate that. It's kind of working out for the Browns. They're like, they're able to kind of have their cake and eat it too here. And, and if Deshaun is, is, you know, banged up, I know everybody wants to have a take on this, but like that he's able to get healthy. Like it is working out for the Browns in a football sense, like all of this. And so, like, we all think they're a playoff team, right, at this point, the Browns? I mean, it's tough because they're not going to – I don't think
2: they're going to win their division. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they could be a wild card team. But it's yeah. tough. I mean, they play in such a tough division.
3: It depends on what the Steelers do the rest of the way.
2: Right. And if okay. the Bengals can Clean keep it going.
1: Clean sweep for the Browns uh, here. Uh, the Kirk Cousins list. Minnesota Vikings are set to visit the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Taylor Heineke is getting the start. Brandon, I know you are super excited that he has an opportunity to get some purple Jordans. Um, I don't know if he has those in his collection, Uh, but um, this is a real bummer. I know you haven't believed in Kirk, at least as much as I have. Uh, But like this, just it's really hard to not feel for the Vikings. Like this is a, a tough spot for them to kind of come in and have all the like momentum they were kind of building back up after the poor start to the season. And now it's just like the season seems to be over. I know they traded for Josh Dobbs, and we'll see what that ultimately yields, but that's not happening this week, at least.
2: Desmond Ritter getting benched was just such an inevitability, especially been <laughs> you've been listening to this show where I've said every week it's just a waste of time playing him. It's not like you just have to play a guy because they're young. If they're terrible, you don't have to play that player actually. And Desmond Ritter was just clearly terrible. It wasn't just toxic groupthink, as Arthur Smith alluded to. Um does anybody, not,
1: does anybody like Arthur Smith? Like, right, you know I, what I mean? Like, I there, so like,
2: regret picking the Falcons what last week? Or yeah, was it last week against the Titans? I was like, yeah. why did I do that? Like the vibes around the Falcons are just awful. Yet uh I do think they have improved here because Heineke is not actually good, but he has something to him. There's something there, whereas Desmond Ritter, there's just nothing there. So uh I will take that, especially going up against the Vikings team. they starting Jaron Hall. like in his first NFL game, or if not Josh jobs on short notice, I I will take the Falcons to cover.
3: I think the Falcons now that Josh McDaniels is out for the Raiders, like the Falcons have now replaced them for me is the most unlikable team in the league. And it's only because of Arthur Smith, because I'm rooting against Arthur Smith. I want him to lose. I want him to lose his job as a head coach because there is no one more frustrating across the entire NFL. Like, he keeps winning games and they keep trying to convince themselves that like, Oh, he's taking us in the right direction when we know eventually this is all going to blow up. And all of the draft capital that you spent on the offensive side of the ball is just going to waste. And that's what frustrates me the most. But I mean, I think it's worth mentioning that the Falcons lost Grady Jarrett and their pass rush was already terrible. So I mean, that, that works to the Vikings favor, but there's no way I could pick the Vikings here with Jaron Hall. Um, uh, Taylor Heineke's at least got experience in the NFL and success. And so I think you have to take the Falcons here, even though I absolutely hate picking Arthur Smith and the Falcons in any scenario.
1: So a few things for me, one Arthur Smith being a jerk. Um, it's actually hard to be a jerk that often. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to like creatively think of ways to answer questions in a jerk way. You know, like you reach a point where it's not just like the natural response to questions. So, um, you know, not you know negative kudos for Arthur Smith at this point in time for me. Um I thought about taking the Vikings. Like sometimes you see like the emotional, you know, big time win, although I don't know that I would classify this as a big time win, but um it's just too hard. I mean it's too hard. I agree with you know the overall here, overall idea that Taylor Heineke is at least, you know, somewhat reliable. He's the most reliable quarterback in this game. Um, my last thing that I want to say, because I'm always of the Falcons, I don't need, we don't need the like Oh, it'll be Jaron Hall against Taylor Heineke in this game, just like we all predicted. That line is so tired. Like, we don't need that anymore. Like, when you're describing something obscure that's <laughs> happening, like, we don't need that phenomenon to be said anymore. Retire that phrase. I don't like it. It's silly, and it's dumb. Do y'all agree? Yeah, sure. Thank you. All right, let's move on. The uh, Speaking of Taylor Heineke and getting Jordans, the Washington Commanders are in New England. This is the first of three straight games we're talking about Uh, that have just a classic three-point home field advantage for the home team. Uh, New England favored by three at home. Brandon, we talked about this on the mixtape. Patriots down bad, uh, but the Commander's now down a couple of important pass rushers.
2: Yeah, the Commanders are certainly confirmed a lame duck team. And for as good as Sam Howell looked against the Eagles, he's not looked good against other teams. So um, it's funny. Both of these teams are right together in DVOA this season. The Patriots are at 23rd commanders right below them at 24th so kind of a coin flip game that's what the line indicates as well but uh i i think the commanders have had these performances against the eagles and that kind of colors like oh they actually have something to them but then again against every other opponent not as competitive so as flawed as the patriots might be i will take them at home and the, they will win and they will cover
3: I'm going to take the Patriots. And I think this is like an easy Patriots win. Like, I, I don't think we, we just see like, you know, Bill Belichick's always going to give opposing quarterbacks some problems. The Patriots aren't a good team, but them trading away their two edge rushers. I know they still have Daron Payne and Jonathan Allen who are good players, but like their defense was already bad in Washington. And now it's like, okay, what's their pass rush going to look like? Like, This could be I could easily see this being like a big Mac Jones game where their secondary the the commander's secondary is terrible. They can't get after Mac Jones. And he actually looks like a functional quarterback for a week. And then and then Bill Belichick is just going to confuse the hell out of Sam Howell. Like in like fantasy, everybody's chasing Sam Howell because he's been like this huge like streaming quarterback this year. And I could easily see Sam how like he did against the bills, just having like four or five interceptions in this game and, and being absolutely awful. Cause Belichick is just confusing the hell out of him. So I think this is a big Patriots win. Like I think there, I think this could wind up being like a blowout for the new England Patriots. Wow.
1: Um, uh, wait, I don't, How I don't
3: comfortable what, would you be teasing in this lineup too then? Like, like what would the Patriots win by? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd give him, like, two touchdowns. Wow. Wow. <laughs> He's a <laughs> lineup I to 13 and a half. That, I think it's going to be that bad. Like, <laughs> we'll get I get some I really
1: good odds do. on that. Um, Steven kind of gassed me up a little bit on this idea. I forgot what I picked on the mixtape, then when we talked about this. But, um, I've, as always, we reserve the right to change our minds as the week kind of moves along. Um, I think the Patriots win, not as sizably as Steven, but I think this is, like... When Bill Belichick's career is over, there's gonna be like a, a list like of these are the final like 15 wins he got to like p- like break the record, and it's gonna be these like crappy you know like beat the Ron Rivera Commanders, the Sam Howell Commanders, like it's gonna be these just like tomato kin kind of things, and everyone will like point and laugh, and then all the Patriots fans will be like, yeah, well he won six Super Bowls, so, and like, that gonna be really funny. So uh, I could see this yielding that. So. Uh, Brandon, that means you are in the icebox on behalf of Washington. I took the
2: Patriots to cover. he picked the
3: Patriots.
1: Oh, my bad. I I wasn't listening. So, okay, cool. Uh, (laughs) Clean sweep all the way around then. Uh, The Buccaneers, Stephen, are in Houston to face a Texans team that was very embarrassing last week against the Carolina Panthers. It was very frustrating. Uh, The Bucs coming off the Thursday night football loss to the Bills. Um, Pretty gross game, Mm. all things considered
3: i think it's surprising and i I know it's only a three-point spread but like i think it's kind of surprise and it's you know home field advantage or whatever but after the way the texans have looked and coming off post bye week like kind of surprised that they're favored in this game because the bucks have been plucky like baker mayfield's been okay this year and their defense is still talented and it's still loaded with veteran players so like they can create some issues. And I think what Houston's seeing right now that's it, kind of slowed CJ Stroud and slowed Nico Collins and, and Tank Dell, like their young, talented wide receivers, is that Houston absolutely cannot run the football against anybody. And so teams are just playing deep and saying, like, we're not going to allow CJ Stroud to throw the football and, and pick us apart. They're challenging the Texans to run the ball, and the Texans are leaning into it, and they're still awful at it. Like they still can't do it. Like they're just not a functional rushing offense at all. And I think that's the biggest issue that the Texans have to figure out right now is like, you you got to figure out a way to challenge the secondaries in the passing game and not just lean into the run because just functionally you, you're not good at it. Like you can't do it. Damian Pierce has been a huge letdown. Devin Singletary is not particularly good. And, I just I, I kind of see the Bucks winning this game. I just think overall the, the veteran presence Baker Mayfield's been good enough, and the defense is still talented. I, I think Tampa Bay is going to win here, and I'll take the points for the Bucks. I don't really buy what Stephen's selling. Um, I'm sorry, like I I just don't
1: believe in Tampa anymore. I think that they're the Cardinals light, um, like the cute mm. little plucky start. Like you know what were they two and zero or whatever? Um, yeah, they have like you know they're, they're a little bit more stout and have some some longer teeth to to hunt i guess but um huh? i just don't i don't buy i know i, I was workshopping that analogy if i said it out loud <laughs> so um uh, <laughs> uh that was weird um yeah uh, I ha- i've only had one cup of coffee today in my defense and i'm really hungry that's why i asked you both what you had i'm uh, hungry too breakfast. but um i, I just this kind of, for me, like, people love to say, like, oh, like, in, in games where, like, I'm unsure, I'll lean with the better quarterback, I'll lean with the better head coach. I think C.J. Stroud is the better quarterback right now. I mm-hmm. think D'Amico Ryan is the better head coach right now. The Texans are at home, if you want to add that, you know what I mean? Like, there are, are things and factors and qualities that I like on the Bucs team, but, like, I just, I don't really like the sum of their parts. I'll take the Texans, and I suppose I'll lay the points. Um, I just think they're a less bad team right now. They obviously have a bright future. Mm-hmm. They're stumbling their way to get there, though
2: yeah i this is a low level confidence pick and i don't really feel great about this game i would avoid betting it but if i have to make a pick which i do for the sake of the show uh the fact that the texans are actually one two three four five six seven eight nine ten 11, they're on 12th in point differential they're better in dvoa significantly than the bucks texans ranked 16th bucks are down at 22 um so i think on the whole uh Texans have been a better team, better quarterback, and you kind of sold me a little bit there, RJ, with the coaching thing. Todd Bowles, the head coach, certainly not as good as Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, and I like D'Amico Ryans a lot, so um, I'll take the Texans. Okay, that means Steven in the jacket.
1: Fun fact about
0: the icebox. Winter is coming.
1: A burr! I'm in the icebox. Brandon, the Los Angeles Rams are at Lambeau field to face the green Bay Packers, AKA the house where they decided Jared Goff was not enough. Um, Now it's unknown whether or not Matthew Stafford will be in this game. Obviously Um, the Packers are in a weird spot. I'll, go first and say that i'm gonna take the packers but this is the least confident i am in any game this week this is this is a weird game i don't think anybody will enjoy this whatsoever
2: uh i'm with you i'll take the packers just because there's a lot of uncertainty with the rams and who they've been it's like a very weird team to figure out i feel like i say that every week just a, a strange team to place in your power rankings week to week kind of just don't fully know who they are um but Certainly recently, you know, they they lost to the Steelers at home and then they just got blown out by the Cowboys. I don't like how things are trending for them. Not that the Packers have been much better, but I don't know. Home field advantage. I guess I'll just say the Packers find a way to win.
3: Yeah, if Matthew Stafford was playing in this game, I'd take the Rams, but I am going to begrudgingly take the Packers here. I don't feel good about it, but if Brett Rippins a starting quarterback, I don't see how you can think the Rams are going to win the game.
1: Mm-hmm. The Indianapolis Colts are visiting the Carolina Panthers in the Frank Reich revenge game. Uh, The Panthers are two and a half point underdogs at home in this particular setting. Um, Steven, I'm going to zap you just because I'm kind of tired of talking about bad football games. So one sentence, please.
3: (laughs) I think the Colts are a better team, so I'll take them.
1: I think that Frank Reich was made to be a bit of a scapegoat with the Colts in a similar way um, that Carson Wentz was. Um, But similarly to Carson Wentz, there was a lot of blame that was on, that was deserved for Frank Reich, just like there was for Carson Wentz. Um, But similar to Carson Wentz, I think that people have spent the time since convincing themselves that he was only a scapegoat and had no role in the demise of what was happening. And I think that that is reflected in the way the Panthers are playing and the way that the Colts are playing. Like Shane Steichen shows up all these problems the jonathan taylor stuff blah 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 and not that they're like cruising or anything but they are a way more functional nfl team and nfl operation i will take the colts
2: well i'm gonna go into the ice box and say that the panthers will (laughs) cover but they won't win the game i think the taste of success last week energizes a team and i think this will be a really close game it'll be a two-point game so the colts will uh win but the panthers will cover
1: fun fact about the ice box Winter is coming. A burr! I'm in the ice box. Voluntarily going on the icebox on behalf of the Panthers <laughs> is um, is an interesting decision in, in 2023. Um, okay, uh, we'll save Cowboys Eagles for a moment and quickly hit uh, the New York Giants uh, visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Steven, uh, the Raiders are one and a half point home favorites in the aftermath of firing Josh McDaniels. There was all the reports that there was like partying in the locker room. Um, the vibes are... I wouldn't say high, but they're not like negative 1,000 with the Raiders the way they were on Monday.
3: It's got to be really depressing for Giants fans that they're still underdogs against Aiden O'Connell in the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Yeah, this is just another really, really bad football game. I think... I'm going to take the Giants with Daniel oh, wow. Jones likely to be up Dude, and maybe so they can get it going. It's a terrible decision, <laughs> but I'm just going to do it. Why not?
2: This is my uh, lock Brandon. of the week for the Raiders. I love the head coach that we don't like gets fired. So like we're we're juice and all by all indications, I saw a lot of Raiders beat reporters tweeting out on Thursday that. Like this is the happiest they've seen the locker room in a long time. There are players like wrestling, like having fun in the locker room uh this week, which is kind of weird, but um there seems to be a lot of renewed energy with the Raiders. And also, I don't know if you guys watched, was it Monday night football they just played on? Um, yes. I mean, Max Crosby is just like, Oh, dude, guys, unblockable. Like he, he's the only reason the, like that was a game for the, like the, the lions couldn't, Like totally totally take control of that game early on like they should have been able to because they couldn't block Max Crosby at all passing game running nothing he was just destroying them that Giants offensive line is not good Max Crosby is going to destroy Daniel Jones and the Giants and a Daniel Jones who's not even like you know we don't even know totally where he's at health wise so I believe big time in the uh it's short-lived, usually, to be clear, but that game after the coach gets head-fired where the players are all both juiced up because they're happy and they feel like a renewed sense of purpose, but also they feel the pressure of like, hey, like everything is being evaluated here. Uh, so I think the Raiders come out with an inspired performance at home, and also Jimmy G's is turning the ball over too much. So I know Aiden Connell's a bit of an unknown, but he looked good in the preseason, and he probably can't be as bad as Jimmy G, so I think
1: that's an upgrade to some extent. So I actually like the Raiders a lot here and I'll lock them up. Um, I agree with everything that Brendan said. Sorry, Stephen. Um, I agree with the, like the bump from firing Josh McDaniels. You've said before, like, he's probably not even like a cool dude to hang out with. So like he's gone, like they're free of that. I don't think that anybody really hates Jimmy Garoppolo, except for our good friend stats. Um, but like the benching of him, I do think is something that everybody like silently is cheering about. Like everybody made a big deal about the Devonte Adams play on Monday night and the miss, like, that's not on Josh McDaniels. Like, Josh McDaniels sucks and, and there's a lot of problems he had, but the, that's on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so at this point, it's just, like, it's just a, a sense of freedom, a sense of liberation. Uh, so I'm down to take the Raiders. And a lot of this is really about the Giants. Um, our friend Aaron Schatz, who obviously has headed DVOA now at FTN Fantasy, tweeted this out uh, right before we started recording. The Giants, this year's Giants, are the worst Giants team through eight games by DVOA standards. In the DVOA era, to be fair. Ever? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which only goes back to 1981. <laughs> but check this out. So the 2023 Giants, again, the worst. But... They are one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The top seven worst, the worst seven Giants teams, I guess, uh, in the DVO era are all since 2013. So, so, so like, um, in the last 11 seasons, seven of the worst Giants teams from the last 42 years, 43 years have existed. Think about that. Like, that's wild. Like, that is a decade of cultural. Ineptitude. So, like, yeah, I'm not willing to give the Giants any shred of credit here. steven you're wild, you're crazy, um you're beautiful, uh, but you are in the ice box.
0: Fun fact about the ice box: Winter is coming. A burr! I'm in the ice box.
1: That takes us to uh, not just our game of the week, but America's game of the week in a literal sense um, on Fox, but also in a literal sense in terms of coverage map. Have you seen the map, steven for this game? I have not. It's why basically,
2: would he look at that?
1: Why would he uh, like, hmm, why well, I
2: don't you know. know. What? Well, Eagles Steve,
1: Cowboys covered? Steven is checking out like he's covering the NFL, so I thought maybe he would have seen it. You know, in his Steven does a lot of work, so it was possible, but it's literally basically the entire country except for Nevada that is going to see the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Um. Steven, Brandon, and I did a live NFC East mixtape on Thursday night to kind of add a, a deep level of analysis on the game, but we would love to hear what you have to say, of course. Uh, the Eagles are good. Are laying three points, excuse me, at home. Uh, it is the first Dak Hurts game since early in the 2021 season, and needless to say, whoever wins the game will have a serious leg up in the NFC East race.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Eagles here. Um, I, I just, I, I, I believe... Take, I take back all the nice
1: things I said about you, <laughs>
3: I just I I believe in how the Eagles have been playing lately, and I know they they let the commanders hang around a little too much. They had that rough loss to the Jets, but I think their defense is, is playing better. And I'm interested to see how Kevin Byard gets into the mix, because that that felt like the piece that they were really missing defensively. So I think that makes a difference as long as he's good to go and gets on the field for them this week. And I'm just. I'm buying into everything that AJ Brown's doing right now. I know it's a tough matchup. I just think the Eagles are the better team at the end of the day. I think at the end of the
2: day, uh, the Eagles have the advantage in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Not to say the Cowboys are bad there, but I think the Eagles are better in those areas. I think that Jalen Hurts is trending in the right direction. Turner Turnovers have certainly been an issue, and that worries me. But I think it's possible that those are drying up a little bit. Um, he looked pretty good last week outside of the weirdness on the fumble at the goal line with the brotherly shove not working for like the first time all season, or like one of the only times when it actually mattered, really. Um, so I think things are going in a good direction. It's a coin flip game, and the line suggests that much. So I really think, you know, it could be a situation where it's not like um, wow, this team lost, so they're definitely worse. I think you know, there's a lot of season left to be played with some much more to find out about both of these teams, but like RJ said, this is a huge game for the standings for either side, so it's a big deal. And I think ultimately, end of the day, Eagles are at home. Jalen Hurts, as I said on the NFC East Mixtape live episode, is twenty three and three in his last twenty-six starts. So he typically wins a lot. I will side with that. I'll say the Eagles win and I'll
1: say they cover. While Jalen Hurts wins a lot. Dak Prescott wins a lot against the Cowboys. Or against the Cowboys, goodness gracious, I hope not. Against the Eagles, uh, he is seven and three against the Eagles, um, which obviously extends in a over a larger amount of time than the the span you noted, Brandon, with uh, with Jalen Hurts. I do think this is a game that perpetuates one of the like fun things to tweet out, if that makes sense, right? Like, I could see they're like, AJ Brown had another 125 yard receiving game. The brotherly shove has like a 99 percent success rate. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 27 and three Dak Prescott is eight and three, you know what I mean? Like, like this, this will feed one of those narratives, which is what will be fun and agonizing for whatever team wins and loses this game. Um, I think the Cowboys are finding their footing offensively. I think that I would love to see Micah Parsons have an impact against the Eagles because he hasn't really in this era. Um, Obviously, the 2021 season counts and matters, but um, things have changed a little bit for Philly in that time. Uh, So um, I'm confident in them. And if I'm confident in a team and they're getting points, I'm totally going to take it. This is my lock of the week. I haven't locked the Cowboys up yet this season. Mm Uh, but I will take them as three-point underdogs on the road against the Eagles. If they win this game, it should be easy cruising for them through Thanksgiving. Um, but it would be very Cowboys to go get the big win on the road in Philadelphia and then lose to the Giants at home and surrender the big-time advantage that they worked very hard to get. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm locking up the Cowboys. We will see what happens. Um, it's going to be fun and interesting. We didn't work out a bet, though, Brandon. I don't know if Stephen has a, a suggestion on something we can do.
3: Uh nothing off the top of my head. I'll try
1: to think of something. Excellent. Great job, in a big spot. Steve. What was your lock of the week last week, RJ? It was the Vikings and they, and they did they hit. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you are now four and four on the season, dead last. I said that out the loud. Lock of the week standings. I said that out loud and earlier. You are also week, wait show. Not, not done yet. You're also twelve, twelve, and two, dating back to week one last year. Where I, I am 18, 7, and 1. So but you didn't you lock this game up
1: though. So like your well, success has nothing to I do made with the that. Pick, you know. <laughs> and you beat, said my that picks this are better was, than your picks you well you haven't provided our overall picks record that would be more valuable information when it comes mm-hmm. to this exercise specifically and you said you're just yourself this was a coin flip game i'm literally yeah, 500 is. as a locker and over the last year and a half so this this all checks out every single box boom roasted um <laughs> let's move on uh the final game on sunday Sunday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Steven, obviously an emotional game. Everybody understands the DeMar Hamlin storyline from last year. It's weird to call it a storyline, um, but it's obviously going to get a lot of discussion in the lead up to this game. It was obviously put on Sunday Night Football. I wouldn't say because of that, but these two teams had a very emotional connection, but then kind of a tense. Uh, wow, it's, it's a big game. I'll take the Bengals, though, to win and cover.
3: I think I'm also going to take the Bengals here. Um, It's, you know, we'll see what the bills get and Rasul Douglas. They really needed help in the secondary with all their injuries, but I just think Buffalo is too banged up on the defensive side of the ball right now for me to feel confident with Joe Burrows, finally like fully healthy. The offense is, is moving and the Bengals look like they're back. And I also think the Bengals defense is kind of underrated still for some reason. And I, Lou, Lou Anarumo gives, seems to give Josh Allen a lot of problems. So even though this is a big game, the Bills want to get over the hump. I just think that Cincinnati kind of has the Bills' number, and I think that they'll wind wind up winning this game on Sunday Night Football.
2: I actually fully agree with that. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think the at the end of the day, I believe in the Bengals a lot, and it's not even a slight to the Bills. I just think the, the Bengals are surging, and the Bills are they're fine, but um,
1: uh, not quite as good as the Bengals in this matchup specifically. I was zapped for this game. So I just have a question about a different game. Um, The Bills next matchup is on Monday night football against the Denver Broncos next week. Like, are we a hundred percent confident in them? I mean, you know what I mean? Like if they lose game, yes, but like, you know,
3: it would be really funny. Yes. If they if they lost the to the Bengals. Terrible. And
1: the, the Broncos just beat the Chiefs. I'm not trying to be like a the property terrible. guy, but like yeah, I mean it's, it's like it,
3: a division opponent for the Chiefs, though. So they like, really also beat him like so much. Like what? Okay. Like it, looks, it was just, it was just worth
1: asking the question. Yeah. That's all I was doing. but on the subject of Monday night football and teams that it would be funny to see lose in that slot. the Los Angeles Chargers are back on Monday night football for the second time in three weeks visiting the new york jets the jets getting three and a half points at home steven one sentence on the night football ready set go
3: i'm gonna pick the chargers here though it would be really funny if the jets pulled off the upset and won the jets offense
1: can't keep up with the chargers pace the chargers will win but will make it way more difficult than it has to be okay uh let's get out of here brandon you normally get the last word but steven i would like you to tell us something that you promise to eat drink and watch before the weekend is over
3: uh i will drink beer (laughs) i will eat uh some kind of like noodle pad thai dish that i might make later and watch i gotta watch the season finale of gen v
2: well done uh i think you should give me 30 dollars if the eagles win and i'll give you 30 dollars if the cowboys win
1: i'm fine with that like that's okay. a kind of a that's kind of a boring bet um but you know it's an actual bet you know what i mean as opposed to like oh like paint your face or well it song. speaks to
2: your confidence in the team
1: yeah do i get three points uh
2: i will say
1: that that brings the push into equation you if know it what I'm saying?
2: pushes then i think it's just no action there's if it pushes no, nothing, then happens. steven
1: gives us both 30 dollars
2: uh i don't think he wants <laughs> to
1: do that i don't agree with that at all <laughs> uh i'm fine i'm but i think i should get the cowboys points.
2: cover uh then it's just nothing nothing happens
1: yeah if the, well, it would be a push that's literally the way that, that's what i'm saying that like, if it pushes works.
2: then there's no
1: you, you yeah. recognize that you're introducing something that is very common. Oh, like, well, if I throw like a ball up in the air, I think it should come down to the ground. Like,
2: that's what you're saying. No, I'm not saying I'm introducing anything revolutionary. I'm just clarifying the terms. So
1: you, so you want us to abide by like betting rules is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. What a revolutionary
1: line of thought. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. So 30 bucks. I get Cowboys plus three, basically.
2: Okay. DGIF.
3: Thanks for hanging out with us while we previewed week nine of the NFL on the SB Nation NFL show and my friends from TGI football, RJ Ochoa and Brandon Lee Gowton. After the show, RJ actually sat down with former Giants wide receiver Victor Cruz. Very
1: pleased not to be joined here on the SB Nation NFL show by the one, the only, a man who is responsible for a lot of poor memories in my particular sports fandom. Former New York Giants wide receiver, but that feels like underselling, giving everything everything that you do nowadays. Victor Cruz. Victor, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
4: No problem, man. My pleasure. Happy to be here.
1: Uh, You and I turned our cameras on on Zoom like 10 seconds ago. Did you see all the Cowboys paraphernalia in the background? Um, Was it awkward?
4: Uh, it was a little awkward, especially the Emmett Smith with the hands up. I know that's when he broke the record and we're into the middle of the field and the whole thing. It's a little weird, but we're going to float. We're just going to roll with it. Yeah.
1: Gonna- um, I uh I saw that you did one of the like kind of Instagram collaborative share things with the NFL account recently. Um your long touchdown that you had against the New York Jets on Christmas Day in two thousand eleven. I hated that day. Like that was so awful. I, I hated everything about that. I remember that vividly. I was at my grandmother's house and the Cowboys were tight with you guys at the time um for the NFC East race that you ultimately won. Um that really sucked. So do you wanna apologize? Is I guess my first question. Uh-
4: Unfortunately, I do not. I I actually feel a strong sense of joy coming over me as, as we talk about it right now, to be honest. That's
1: okay. Um, you are one of those players, um, that plays for a team that I don't like that you just kind of wind up liking, right? One of those guys like, man, if Victor Cruz played anywhere else, I would have loved you even more. Uh, but I came to love you because you did something that very few people in the world have done. You hosted MTV's The Challenge. I mean, what, what on earth? Like Victor Cruz, your career has been all over the place. Um, in the last, I don't even know how many years at this point.
4: Yeah, it's been fun, man. I think I think uh I, there's just so many things that I enjoy doing in, in my career path. And obviously football is the main thing always, but there's just so many more to so much more to offer I feel like and you know, when I got the opportunity when they called about doing the challenge on MTV, I was like, this is something I grew up watching. Of course I want to do this. Of course I want to be part of this this historic, you know, uh um, you know, series that I've seen throughout my entire life. So When I got that opportunity, I had to jump at it and it was great and I had a great time and getting to know all those guys that I've obviously, you know, grew up watching and grew up fans of. Now I like, I speak to Johnny Bananas all the time. We have a conversation, like it's just hysterical. So it's just, uh, it was definitely an opportunity and a moment that I'll never forget.
1: That's very cool. Uh, Doesn't totally undo your Giants career in my eyes, but it goes a long way. Um, You mentioned you have a lot of interests. Most important question I'm going to ask, what's the handicap at right now?
4: Ooh, man. So I'm three years into the golf game right now. So I'm an 11.1 at the moment, but we're, we're working, we're working hard.
1: Well, so, Some people get into it. And I guess by some people, I should specify like some professional athletes who retire from a certain sport or something, um, and kind of get into it. But then there's the dudes who get like really into it. And I would put you in the latter category, um, in a good way. Like it seems like, uh, from afar that it is an obsession of yours. You were at the Ryder Cup. We don't have to talk about the way it went for the good guys, uh, over there. Uh, but what is it about the game that, you know, at this phase of your life interests you so much? And I imagine it's probably cool to do all these other opportunities like going to the Ryder Cup and you know hanging out with Carlos Sainz or whatever the case may be
4: yeah I mean those opportunities that have come about have been unbelievable to be honest and I think what attracts me to the game is just my maniacal sense of just competition and being a competitor and wanting to master something else I don't know how to pick up something else and not want to be really good at it like I just I strive for that you know what I mean and and just to be able to talk trash with my friends and have camaraderie out there on the golf course, those are the things I missed the most about football was, yeah, Sundays are great. And I miss Sundays every time I go to the Giants game. And I'm like, man, I miss running out of that tunnel and having a blast on Sunday afternoons, you know, but uh, the other things I miss is just the camaraderie in the locker room and having those conversations and building with the homies. And now, now I get that on the golf course. So it's it's twofold. I get to have that competitive edge and feed that, um, you know, every now and again, I get to feed my, you know, my intrinsic mind trying to just figure out what a golf swing is in the first three years of, of playing this. And then lastly, I get to, you know, meet different people from all different walks of life and travel the world and play this game of golf and, um, you know, and, and have it be part of my, my DNA and my post career uh, activities now is it, just a beautiful thing.
1: That's very cool. Uh, I do think the Ryder Cup thing was a really cool example of that with how, you know, they had so much going on. Again, a horrible weekend, um, in, in a bigger sense, but, uh, very cool for you and other athletes that got the opportunity uh, to compete, obviously on an amazing golf course. Uh, and, and I was, you know, I do my homework, Victor, and I saw, you know, actually, I think it's your most recent Instagram story updating your swing. Um, I, I, I struggle with a slice myself. It's difficult in an Instagram story to tell how things kind of fared, but kind of look that way. I mean, or are you kind of going straight down the line at this point?
4: That was going straight down the line, man. I was working on the I was working on the driver today. It was kind of, kind of all over the place. I played around yesterday, and it was I don't know if it was the fact that it was 50 degrees out there or or my driver was just all over the place. So I went to go straighten it out today, and uh, I I finally did that. So I was hitting them down the line pretty well.
1: Well done. Um, well, that's very cool. You have your hand. I feel like there's nothing you have your hand in that I don't enjoy. I mentioned the challenge. I'm obviously a big golf fan. Captain Morgan. I know is one of your latest partners. What do you have going on with them?
4: Man, I've been working with Captain Morgan for you know a few years now. We just share so much synergy in the things that we love. And this time, you know, after a few years of rocking with them, they're giving me a party. You know, we're hanging out. We're gonna be a concert. Aminé's gonna be performing. We're gonna have special guests, and everyone's just gotta go to followthecaptain.com to get all the information on that to find out how they can be in the building and uh, and have a fantastic time with myself and my friends. So, so uh, that's what we're that's what we're cooking up right now as of late. And uh and obviously go to follow the captain to find out more.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, look, who doesn't love Captain Morgan? On the golf course, obviously you can kind of marry all these things, or whether you're playing PGA 2K, I know again, you are you're everywhere. Like that's the most annoying thing about you, Victor. Is like all these things I really like. You're around me. Um, I don't really like the New York Giants that much, uh, but I obviously can't not ask you about them. Our, our SB Nation side, Big Blue View, uh, having a bit of a tough couple of months here uh, with the Giants. But Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, they seem like options that are very bright cornerstones that the Giants can kind of build around in the future. Do you see anything, obviously you would know better than anybody else, that reminds you of yourself that you like distinctly about them? What are your thoughts on kind of where the Giants are at right now?
4: Well, I like, uh, I like those two guys specifically. I think those are two guys that obviously bring two different things to the game, but together on the same team can provide a lot of uh stability in terms of what we like to do offensively and where we want Daniel Jones to grow throughout his career, um, these early parts of his career. So I think I'm excited to to see those both of those guys kind of grow within this offense and with this within this organization and grow within their own selves and and see where they net out. But uh, as a team, I think we just got to figure out what our identity is and who we are and who we're going to be moving forward so that we can, you know, hang our hats on our roles and what their roles are week in and week out. And then they can start competing to win some games and, and being in contention. But, you know, our defense is where we hang our hat at the moment, uh, it's something that, you know, I'm pleased with and I'm ple- as a Giants fan, I'm ecstatic about the way they've been playing. And then offensively, we got some catching up to do. I know we've had some so, some unfortunate injuries on the offensive line and there's been a little lack of continuity there but i mean in order for us to be competitive we got to figure out how to put some points up week in and week out because sure that makes good.
1: sense
4: yeah we, and the uh, teams that we're playing against are putting points up and we got to be able to compete right
1: and and you mentioned it the defensive success obviously i mean i mentioned the teams that you were a part of obviously the justin Tucks and the oc human you yours of the world you know also very high on my level of annoyance um uh, personally um so it just kind of is what it is um th- this is kind of you know part of being a football fan which you know i've got more time on you than You know what I'm saying? Like you have all this experience like, in the NFL, but I can tell you, I can teach you if you want, Victor, what it's like to be a fan. Um, And so you have to kind of hate teams. You have to hate, you know, your division rivals. And when I was growing up, when I was in high school, early college, it was the Giants. It was those games that the Cowboys played where I just lost sleep every single night that week leading up to it. That's transitioned a little bit now. Nowadays, it's kind of Cowboys and Eagles within the NFC East. Who was the team that you kind of hated the most while you were playing? Because that was obviously, you know, the crux of most influential time in your life.
4: Oh man, I think um I think it had to be the Eagles for me. Interesting. I, I think there was just uh I just never liked going there. I hated that we just went on a train to go down there. <laughs> it was no like lavish plane. Like I like being on a nice first class situation with food. We just get on a measly train to go to Philly and play them and they had they used to have a prison underneath their stadium. <laughs> like we just I just don't like anything about their colors or their fan base, or, like, nothing. I literally like nothing about Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and, and, and they're probably the most most hated team. I'm mind. with
1: you. I'm a Houston Astros fan, and if the Phillies had had won the NLCS, I wasn't going to be able to root for them. Just because, like, by extension, I hate them too. You know what I'm saying? Like, so uh, you, we do have that as a common denominator. There's just something about, like, the fact that they think, like, being loud is an advantage. Like, that, that makes the team better. Like, what do you guys, you guys are so disconnected from reality. You know what I mean?
4: hundred percent. It's just, I always say that the Philadelphia fans are just a couple apples short of a picnic. Just a couple.
1: That's a great way to put it. That's also a good kind of East coast thing. Like the, the train thing was kind of all, there's a lot of East coastness in everything that you're talking about. Um, this, this is an exciting time, obviously, in the NFL, where it does feel like wide receivers are supreme. Uh It feels like everywhere you look, there's like a new budding superstar wide receiver. And I do remember your breakout, and, and you were kind of one of those dudes that people picked up on the fantasy football waiver wire and, and changed a lot of lives. And it was really fun, and it was so cool how your career – you see guys like that, and and yeah, they last about a month, but your career obviously speaks for itself. Who are some of your favorite wide receivers in the game right now, whether they are Wandale Robinson or Jalen Hyatt or whoever the case may be, Giants, non-Giants?
4: Yeah, I mean, of course, all the Giants guys, Jaylen, all the young guys, Jalen and all those guys, I've pretty much watched them, obviously, Jalen this year and Wondell the last few. Um, but for me, I mean, guys like, obviously, Justin Jefferson, obviously, Jamar Chase, obviously, guys like Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, um, what's my guy's name from the Rams? Uh, Cooper Cup, and obviously the new young, new yeah, Puka
1: Nakua. Yeah, he's the new, Kua. he's the new I
4: mean, Victor Cruz, basically. Hundred percent. Like, and I always, you know, I always, there's always a soft spot for guys like that that kind of fight and scratch and claw their way through the league and be noticed and and then become and then end up being household names. So I'm always rooting for guys like that. Um, but man, the, there's a ton of just young. Really, athletic. I mean Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, you got all these guys that are just like all over the place, and we, it's also proving that these teams need three and four receivers that can go get it nowadays to go be successful. It's not just about having one, you know, alpha on your team, and or, or you know one outside receiver that can be right. a game changer for you. Now you need two, three, four guys to go out there and be consistent and get it um, to be successful in this league.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what you guys had uh, again. if it isn't obvious. I really hated y'all just for a long time. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. okay. Uh, I asked you your favorite young wide receivers, your top three favorite challengers. You said you were a fan, um, and you can't say Johnny Bananas because you're you're bros. You know what I mean? Like, I'll that's an honorable mention, but three non Johnny Bananas challengers.
4: Oh man, okay. I'm going with uh, I'm going with CJ.
1: Okay, CT,
4: CT. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. The CT's always like he's ready for war at all times. Right. I also when the one I I um I hosted it was challengers versus athletes Pro right. versus so Lolo Jones I mean she's she's coming with it like she's got all the energy she's always like never backing down from a challenge and then last but not least I mean it's tough not to go Johnny Bananas he's always the life of the party and even when those guys I remember them being in, el- in elimination rounds and if those guys weren't in the elimination round those uh, I'll keep it PG. Those guys were having a party on the side, okay, and they're having a good time, and they're probably trying to get me to be distracted while I'm trying to do my job. So it made it even more fun. Like so, so Johnny's always one of those guys that brings the energy each and every time.
1: That's fair. Uh, Lolo was one of the few kind of non-challengers that had the challenge qualities. Like she, you know, she could she could fit in from like a trash talking perspective.
4: Like, oh, she's done this before. Like she yeah, can be, she can fit right in with the cast.
1: All right, good picks. Okay, so I asked you favorite wide receivers, favorite challengers. Finally, give me uh, your favorite four golfers on the PGA Tour.
4: Ooh, favorite four golfers on the PGA Tour. Okay, Rory McIlroy, Justin okay. Thomas, Max Homa, and Colin, uh, Colin Morikawa.
1: Okay, so Max is pretty popular. I mean, everybody who has a Twitter account loves Max. You know right. what I mean? That's just right. kind of the way it goes. He's so just
4: that- like he's just like one of the dudes, you know what I mean? And Justin Thomas, same thing. I got to bump into him and have a brief convo with him at the Ryder Cup. And he's just one of the guys like they they, they're they're the type of guys that hit you back on DM on Instagram and have a conversation with you. And and it's all good. You know what I mean?
1: yeah, I think you're one of those guys too, Victor. Um, we got we got to get you involved in the TGL thing that's coming up in January. Like, that's got to be the next thing that you're involved in. Even okay. I don't know when you sleep. I don't know how your handicap is getting better. Um, I don't know when you find time to just chill or watch movies. Uh, you're the hardest working person, in actually, not even in America, on the earth. Uh, Victor Cruz, thank you for joining us on behalf of Captain Morgan. Um, I wish you health, wealth, and happiness. But from a sports fandom perspective, like with the Giants, just eternal sadness. Uh, if I'm being got straight it. up with you.